You're listening to a DM podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you the podcast with the best banter, greatest gut feels, and most ridiculous narratives on planet Earth. Get ready to dominate the NRL fantasy season with the team from Top King League. Good evening and welcome to the Talking League live fantasy Q&A for this week. I'm joined today with Riley, mate. How's it going? Good, Snake. Good to be back. First date for the year, so looking forward to it. Got Corby here. He was a late inclusion, so only just made the buzzer. So how you going, mate? <laughs> Sorry about that. Bloody <laughs> kids. And Shawnee, newcomer. How's it going, mate? Hey, how are you Good, good. Ready to rumble. Um, just before we jump into it, Shawnee, just give us a bit of background, mate. New to the Talking League crew. Um, now you've been doing a lot of good articles. Um, give us a bit of background about your uh, fantasy history and um, some of the stuff you've been getting up to this season. Yeah, I've been playing for about, I think, six or seven years, a couple of top 100 finishes and just ready to give it that next push this year. And for the Talking League boys, been doing a bit of preseason stuff, which has been popping up here and there with the team releases. Um, just keeping track of some of the main preseason positional battles to keep an eye on. Sweet as. Um, yeah, been doing well, really well with those articles coming out weekly and um, they're getting, getting a lot of traction, so keep up the good work. Um, so guys, get your questions in now. Um, if you've come through already, so um, keep um, putting them in and we'll get to them shortly. Um, we'll just go through a bit of that Warriors-Tigers game that was just on, started around 5 o'clock Queensland time. Um, looking through some of the scores, um, a few of the uh, ones popped out to me was uh, Matamua, Justin Matamua starting at lock. Um, scored a nice little 57. Um, I know a few of the boys missed the game, but Roy, what do you think about Justin Matamua? I think, Jakey, if he does get that start in the lock position, uh, score a 57 this week in a trial where he played uh, between 50 and 55 minutes, priced at 230k, even if he can get sort of a 30 to 35-minute roll and go to one PPM, he's going to make you quick cash at a break even at 16, so you only need him to score 26, so definitely 10 points of value there by the looks, providing he can get at least a 30-minute roll. Absolutely. Shawnee, I know you watched a little bit of the game. What did you think about him? Yeah, he was really good. Um, good work rate in the middle and had a little bit of a ball-playing link um, to Wakeham and Tristan Raleigh. But, yeah, every set, two or three tackles, looked really good at 250 pace and one-point PPM. Corby, did you get to watch the game at all? Yeah, I saw most of the first half. Uh, he was busy, and yeah, he offers a lot more to that team in terms of their ball playing as opposed to Joey O. So, yeah, there was, there was strong talk that he was training a lot at 13, and, I mean, he did himself no harm tonight. He looked pretty good. He was really busy. So, yeah, good good things for him. Yeah, I think it's another one uh, with Bateman maybe or maybe not being there for the start of the season. He's probably another one to look out for, um, just seeing if he gets that same lock roll or not. Um any other uh, players um, they took your eye? Um, I know Shawnee and Corby probably more for you too. Um, Shawnee, anyone else you saw in that game that stood out to you? Uh, I think Luke Metcalf played really well. Um, I suppose it's how Webster wants to have his halves dynamic, but Martin was more the controller and Metcalf was out the back ball playing a bit more. 
Um, but depending on how it wants to go, I think at 3.17 is good value and has that backup goal kicking as well. Yeah, absolutely. And even on Luke Mech up there, that just sort of look 310 kick meters, which is um, a fair bit for a um, 5.8. He could even be a sneaky cash cow as well if he um, ends up jagging a spot for injury somewhere or if he ends up making that round one team. Um, definitely a good shout. Um, a few of those outside backs as well. I think we talked a little bit um, before the podcast. Valaya and Montoya, um, two tries and three tries respectively. Um, probably same again for those guys. They're probably not going to be much of an option this year. Only got those big scores um, due to the tries. Is that what you reckon, boys? Yeah, that that Talao Waker edge made them look very good too. <laughs> yeah. And that's pro- that's probably the other one too. T- Tommy Talao is is he going to be out of our teams now, Corby? Yeah, he he didn't do himself any favours on the other end of the spectrum with a few of his defensive reads in that first half. But if we want to go into bat for him, he was. It looked like a lot of the time he was coming in to cover Wakeham, who has only been there a week and a half. So you can probably forgive them a little bit. He did show a few glimpses of um, the Talao that's probably excited a few people to get him in his team. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think a few people got rid of him very quickly. It, it's not giving you any encouraging feels that he might um, make the starting side after tonight because defence is always at the forefront when making team selection. But, yeah, I, I'm forgiving him. I'm, I'm allowing that one to slip through. I've, I've still got faith in Tommy Chalau. Absolutely. And when he gets uh, with that full-strength team back before round one, I think having those better halves um, and second rows inside him should probably help his defence out. Um, anyway, we'll get into our questions. Um, first one we got here, Brennan Vickery. Thanks for the question, mate. Uh, who's putting Big Stefano in their team after the trial? Riley, I know you didn't uh, watch the trial, but based purely off the stats, what are you thinking, mate? I think he's got a history of a PPM going at close to one, so if he can jag a consistent role of, say, 40 minutes... Um, he's definitely worth putting in. Potentially someone who's in my team at the moment, Cohen Hess, I could downgrade him to Stefano. But we just want a little bit more certainty around his minutes and role in that team when considering you've got Bateman, Joe O, Clem, IPAPs, they're all big minute forwards um, and you've got to feed those mouths. So, yeah, just a little bit more certainty around that first, I think. And we need to see him back it up because at the start of last year, I was burnt uh, and I had to find a way out pretty quickly. Yeah, he's one of those ones over the last couple of years who's been on the radar, but just quite hasn't made up to uh, made up for his potential yet. What are you thinking about it about him, Shawnee? He looked bloody good in that game, bumping everyone off. But yeah, as Riley said, you probably want to three date him, see if he can get that forty minutes consistently, and then he should probably see about ten points of value there. So yes, Corby, what about you? Mate, he's in, and I'm captaining him. So he's captaining. Uh, love interest. Love interest is back on. Big Stefano. <laughs> Straight back in. If, if he's good enough for Sheen's to captain him, then he's good enough for my team to get captain. So <laughs> I, I was having an on about my uh, love interest and Stefano. He stole me heart or won back the heart. It's been a complicated relationship, me and him, over the last <laughs> couple of years. But we're back on. Things are good. <laughs> All right, moving on. Benny Rowe here, one of the local Rocky boys here. Hey, boys, should I delete the app um, if I'm thinking about getting Rocco Berry? And also, Roll, do you think, have any tips for me at uh, Mooney Valley or <laughs> tomorrow? This one, I think this one's for you, Roll. Uh, I haven't done the form guide yet, Rowie, so I don't know. But, 
yeah, Rocco Berry not looking too fantasy relevant this year, especially um, considering he's probably not going to get a start. So safe one to avoid. And um, yeah, just be careful you don't get removed from our league, Rowie, if you're going to have him in your side. Well, staying on that question, though, Warriors centres, who do, who do you think it's going to be? I know there's a bit of a roundabout there with a lot of different players. Um, I know there's Falea, uh, Willyame, uh, Berries in the mix. There's a fair few on the list there. Shawnee, do you have any idea who, who you think is probably going to be those top two centres for the Warriors? And if they're going to be any of, any of them are going to be fantasy relevant? I don't think any of them will be fantasy relevant. If you want a cheap option of Willyame, maybe at 230 or 250, whatever you may be, but... I think it'll probably be Montoya and Vileo come round one. Yeah, absolutely. I think yeah, War is one of the, one of those teams this year. Probably in the outside backs, going to probably avoid most of them, except for maybe Tamari Martin, um, or maybe Sean Johnson, depending on how he starts the year. Next question in Darren Jarrett: Would you rather play fullback for New South Wales Cup Panthers or New South Wales Cup Tigers? <laughs> Corby, interesting question here. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's talking about the Forbes Ferrari here. Yeah. <laughs> he got a lot of big New Zealand boys running at him tonight, and he didn't come off. You know, he came off second best quite a few times. But in saying that, um, the other who's the other bloke that he's in competition for? Dane Laurie. Uh, Dane Laurie. Like he's not a big man either, and there was plenty of times that his size didn't help him last year. So he, he did. He played quite well at the start of that game. I mean, if he's got a good pack in front of him, which they were missing a lot of firepower, then that changes a lot of things. But, yeah, I don't know. Probably in answering the question, it's probably <laughs> Panthers because didn't they win it last year as well? Yeah. I think anyone the Panthers team, anywhere from uh, seniors right down to juniors is probably the way to go. Hens uh, Kalola here. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but Talao's ownership going un- uh, under 1% tonight. Uh, we're touched a little bit on Talao, but I I think, Hens, I think this is the one you're probably just going to have to wait and see for that next trial when the, when those Tigers are at full strength. Just have a look at the... See the team, see who's he's defending inside and outside, and um, you might get a bit better understanding of how he's going to go in one of those games because obviously tonight getting dusted by the Warriors probably isn't a... Probably is not going to happen in first grade. So definitely want to see anything to add to that, Riley? No, I tend to agree with you, Snake. There's a lot of people to come back in. You've got uh, Dwayne to come back in on the edge with him and then um, whether it's Bateman, Ice Paps or Bloor just to strengthen that up. As Corby said at the start of the show, he was shooting out of the line a little bit to cover Wakeham. So I think it's one to watch there. So yes. Dan... Dmitrievsky, oh, sorry if I got that wrong as well. Thoughts on uh, boys? Thoughts on Robson or Grant? I'm leaning towards Robson as a non-Origin player and has an 80-minute role. What's your thoughts on this one, Shawnee? Uh, depends. I, I think Grant to come round one um, and maybe look to use him up until that Origin period. He just has probably five to six more points in him than Robson does. Um, and then as Origin comes, maybe move him on to Robson. Um, for that stronger origin period. I think with this one too, there, yeah. I think with this one too, with Robson, um, he only, he averaged 50, what, 54.8 here last season, but there was a chunk of games at the start of the year, I'm just having a look on footy stats now, where he didn't play those 80 minutes. And when you sort of by that 70 plus minute um, game time, that actually, actually jumps up to 58.7. So there's a bad 
four points of value in him if you think he's going to be getting that um, 80 minute uh, hooker role and you don't think someone like Granville um, will take the minutes off him. Corby, have you had a look into Reese Robson at all? Yeah, I don't have, I have had both of them at some point <laughs> in the preseason in my team. But at the moment, I don't have either. I just think, yeah, Robson had that career year. He's priced really expensively. He's a gun hooker. He'll be up in that top three, but I just feel like I'm leaning just more towards value uh, with, I think, the two I've got at the moment does change a lot, is Boyd and Cheese. So it's it's a little bit um, light on in the hooker position, but I'll just say there's there's so so much value in that edge position. So um, hopefully I may get it right. But yeah, if I was going to pick one, it would probably be the, um, Grant. Grant. I just I just think that he's got more value in him. I think Robson had um, quite a stellar year, and I don't know if he's going to. Like how much better can he get? The Cowboys and him had almost career years, unless he's going to that super, like level. I, it's yeah, it's a big one. Well, I think with his base stats too, he averages about forty-four tackles a game and seventy run meters. But he did have those uh, tries, zero point three per game, which is pretty high for a hooker. Um, I know he does score a fair few tries, so you you may want to expect that. Hey, I know you've done a lot of work um, writing about Robson in the preseason, Riley. What, what are your thoughts on um, Robson? Do you think he can keep that try scoring rate up? And you think he's going to be a little bit of value or just probably stay where he is? Yeah, I'm actually going to go against you here, boys, and I'm going to go Robson over Grant. Just with the Storm having the bye in round nine there, I see leading up to that origin period, Robson's going to have a um, greater points scored overall compared to Grant. Um with the try scoring strike rate of zero point three for Robson, Grant's point four, so it's not as though he was unreal and out of touch for a hooker. A lot of your premium hookers who are getting those attacking stats are around that point three point four. So, and the development of a kicking game this year as well. Expect probably thirty to sixty meters. Take just taking a little bit of pressure off, a couple of kicks from the forty meter line. So, I'd expect him to average probably similar to Grant but be better to start the season just because of that buy schedule. That's a good point too. I, I didn't notice that kick meters, zero kick meters last year, so I didn't have a single kick. So, yeah, that if he does develop that kicking game, there's an extra maybe one or two points a week that he may be able to see on him. Um, we'll move on to the next question. Um, thoughts on Jack Whiten. So this is one I haven't really looked at so far this season. Um, Shawnee, what, have you ever had a little look at Jack Whiten at all? I've had a little look. Um, looking at him, though, it does seem like he's fully priced. The Raiders do have a pretty easy draw to start off the year, so he could have a bit of value there, get 50s, 55s, but I don't think you should expect too much in the way of him being a keeper, especially when maybe for 100k more you can get people like Dwayne Hastings, Burton, even Sam Walker that are going to be a bit more consistent on the, over the long run. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. Well, what average 46 last year. Um same again, 2021, he had an average of 46. 2020, average of 50. So sort of the last three three years or so, he hasn't really quite jumped over that 50 um, average mark to, you know, be a standout player. Have you, have you had a look at all, Corby, or are you staying away? Yeah, I think I'll stay away. I think with um, Jamal 
being fit from round one. He's the dominant kicker. Jackie's always been that ball running 5'8". I don't see him improving too much on what he's at, about that 46, 47. So he might hover around that 50, but he's he's not going to... He just doesn't have the game to collect those extra points like your Hines and your Cleary. So, yeah, uh, not for me. You on the same page there, Riley? Yeah, definitely. And you look at Hines and Cleary, they're clearly the two best halves. So you're going to have to trade White and out eventually to move up to one of those. And Cleary and Hines, you project, are going to average somewhere in the 60s. So uh, Whiten's nearly uh, 20 points less a game. So, yeah, I don't think I can take that to start the season. Yeah, I think I agree with you there, boys, too. I think there's a way better halves option than those who both in the cash cow department and in the gun department. So probably give a uh, skip to Jack White. And, uh, Eddie Ueli, Miller or Savage for fullback? I know I've got Miller already. Um, don't have Savage in my team yet. Um, I think Miller's on for a really good role at the um, the Knights here. Um, obviously, showed what he could do at the Sharks last year, um, averaging a lot of tackle breaks, something around nine tackle breaks or something when he um, started the, at that fullback position. So... Really keen to see what he can do it at the Knights. Um, he's going to be a relied on there because there's not too many other attacking threats. Pong has moved to the halves, so he's probably not going to get as much space as what he did at fullback. So I think Miller's in for a good season, going to be doing a lot of running, a lot of tackle breaks. Um, have you boys had a look at Miller or Savage at all? Start with you, Shawnee. Oh, we might have lost him. Okay, mm-hmm. Scotty, you, Corbs. I've been trading yeah. Miller. Oh, get into it, Shawnee. <laughs> no, no, we lost him. I'll jump <laughs> in, Corbs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I haven't been on Miller for a little bit. I think it was the last Q and A. I started to just I go a bit cold on him. Just think, going to the Knights, he's not going to have that uh, the attacking opportunities, the support play opportunities that he had at the Sharkies. Uh, you, you look at some of the teams he scored those points against. He played the Titans, the Dragons, the Tigers, the Eagles, who in round 23 were horrendous, the Bulldogs and the Knights. So he played, there's no tough sides in there. He was playing in a top four side, had all the opportunities that he, you know, you would love to have as just not a, not just an NRL player, but a, a fantasy player in your super uh, fantasy team. So, I, yeah, I don't think he's going to hit the levels that everyone thinks he's going to. Like Coming into the Knights, he's got a new halfback, which is a new halfback to the club, a 5'8", that is moving to the position. And a, you know, the hooker, Jaden's pretty solid. But three new spine members, it doesn't wreak uh, confidence for me. Savage, on the other hand, I think he was starting to show a few glimpses of what we're going to see. You, uh, probably the big thing that I'm going on gut feel is I'm going to get a bit more consistency, which does game with come with your progression of your your game as a younger fullback. But yeah, if he if he can just consistently get a few more scores and then have those big breakout games, which I know he's capable of, um, seeing a bit of footage of him just tracking sort of what he did in his junior footy, then I think Savage is easily the pick. And and the Raiders look like they've got if Jamal can stay on the field I think his stats increased by about five or six with Jamal on the team. Then, yeah, that's only going to help him a lot more as well. Yeah, I think he is in for a lot bigger of a season. Savage, Savage just with you know two seasons in first grade under his belt now, um, or just about. Um, just on Miller as well, I just noticed his draw here. So for the first six weeks, he's got New Zealand, 
Then he's got the Tigers, then the Dolphins, Canberra, Manly, and then the Warriors again in that first six. So he's got probably six bottom eight sides before that round seven where he jumps into Penrith, Cowboys, and Parramatta, which is probably going to be a real big game for him. I reckon if you start with him, that round six, I believe, um, is probably where you're probably going to trade him out if you do start with him because he's going to make that cash. He may be able to make that cash over those first six weeks when he plays the weaker sides and expect his score to slump, especially Penrith, Cowboys, Parramatta. He could get some under-20 scores there if, you know, if the Knights just do not get any ball at all. So definitely one to look out for. And, and if I reckon he's definitely one to get jump off early um, if he does end up doing well. Um, what are your thoughts on him at, uh, at all, Riley? I agree with Corbs. I've sort of jumped on the Savage train now um, and hopped off Miller. I just see the Raiders being a better attacking side. We talk about our backs and going cheaper. We want to, them to be in more successful teams who are going to score more points. I see um, the Raiders being that. So, yeah, more attacking upside there for Savage compared to Miller. It, and he's probably going to be better marked this year as well. Um, we know a lot more about him now, so... Teams are going to mark up a little bit better, and he's going to have less room because you think about the Sharks and the attacking threats they had. You got Nakor on the edge, uh, Teague Wilton when he was there, Wade Graham, uh, Nico Hines. There's a lot more attack there. Rather at the Knights, he's going to be at the centre of a lot more. So I think Savage, um, he's in my team at the moment, and yeah, I'm probably going to go with him to start the year. Too easy. Uh, Joseph Smith. Lads, the edge position is stacked, but everyone's team's looking the same. I'm hot on lane given the lack of origin and buy period. Uh, lack of origin and buy period. So lane was one of those good ones last year who had sort of that breakout year, um, scoring a lot of tries and you know a lot of offloads as well, um, pairing up with um, Dylan Brown on the left there. So I think for me, I think lane's probably a little bit too overvalued given obviously what Corby said before, one of those career years. Um, so I think I'm going to be avoiding him, but yeah, probably close to the buy period is probably where I'm going to start looking because he's unlikely to make origin. Um, have you had a look at Lane at all, Shawnee? Not really, not with the additional value that you can find in some of those cheaper guys. Um, I, I mean, if you want to go that expensive, you're probably just better off looking towards an Angus Crichton if he is going to start the season um, and then go from there. Or But for nearly 200k cheaper, you've got people dying. Dollar, Hopgood, Liero. I just don't think it's worth it when you can spend that money around to your middles and even Hooker that's a little bit weaker at the top end this year. Yeah, absolutely. Just those value options at Edge is probably yeah, another reason as well. Corby, you going on lane or just staying away? Nah, I'm staying. I think he sort of answered it in his first sort of statement there. Lads, the Edge position is stacked. I think there's yeah. so much value there. Obviously, Teamless Tuesday is going to confirm who we chuck in there, but I think he he's definitely one that you target later on. He was he just wasn't on my radar last year. I kept just saying that nah, fluke, fluke. He's never been fantasy relevant, and he kept just yeah proving me wrong. And yeah, that that was one that hurt me last year. I just didn't think he was going to be that guy. But yeah, he killed it. So it has. I think that's probably a safe one there. Not much being said on current. Um, thought he would have a great upside after a disjointed season last year with injury. Um, have any boys had a uh, look at current at all, Riley? No, not super keen on him, Jake. Um, I just don't see him being a premium mid at the moment. Um, that's what I'm looking, I'm looking for in my mids currently with uh, Tarpany, Carrigan, if I do go down that path, Cheese, 
I just don't see him being that top end of the mid option this year. So going to steer clear and looking at the moment for non-origin keepers, getting as many in there as I can. So yeah, going to probably avoid him to start the year. Yeah, I think I think it probably depends on what position as well. Um, I know that, yeah, the Warriors back row is a little bit stacked again this year. So depending, like I know last year when he did play that lock position, he had five games there where he averaged 59 in 71 minutes. Um, but you compare that to his second row starts where he played, what's that, about eight games, 43 average in 71 minutes, that PPM drops down a lot. So I think that's definitely one to keep your eye on the trials. Um, have a look, see what position he's playing and see that round one team list. If he's not laying at lock, I'd be definitely staying away. You agree with that, Shawnee? Yeah, I think so. Even if he is named at lock, that, how strong that Warriors pack is and how many minutes they all demand, it might mean that there's a little bit of a reduction in his minutes. Um, I mean, he does have the work rate in the middle, but also very injury prone at that point. Um, I don't think he, <clears throat> sorry, finished a heap of games last year when him playing in the middles. And then with Barnett and Niakura kind of going between edge and mid, he might lose out on some of those extra points there. You agree with that, Corby, as well? Yeah, and blokes like Ali tonight, he he put his hand up big time. So, yeah, just going along the, the same conversation, it's a stacked pack and you're you almost have to give him the three-date rule, don't you, in a pack like that? Just see what that... Because that new coach looks like he's come in and shaking things up. Uh, some good things in play tonight. They've got a couple of guns still to come back. So, yeah, I'm not sure how the Warriors... Apparently, it's their year. I'm glad we don't have those other fools on our <laughs> podcast on here tonight because we wouldn't have got a word in. The carry-on from them on the chat the whole way through that game, and it's, it was ridiculous. Their entire back line would be in their teams, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Every Warriors fan. <laughs> oh, we'll move on. Uh, Joshua Pollard, Sam Walker over Hastings. So I know TK's been pretty high on Sam Walker, and I know Robbo and a few others have been pretty high on Hastings. Um, do you have an opinion on which one you'd choose over those two, Riley? I'm going to lead towards Sam Walker there, Jakey, just because of uh, the increased running game compared to Sam Walker. Just looking at Hastings now, he averages 128 metres um, at halfback last year for the Tigers. Uh, compared to Sam Walker uh, last year uh, when he took the reins at the Roosters, he only averaged 42 metres. So just that extra attacking upside from running the football through tackle bus, try assists, um, line breaks. I see more upside there with Hastings. Even though they're both dominant halves for their team, just see more upside in Hastings and someone you can hop off before that round 10 buy. Uh, rather, Walker, who's got that early buy, you're going to have to hold him through that. What about you, Shawnee? Have you looked at either of these two? Yeah, they've been in and out of my team a little bit. I think going with Hastings as well, just trying to work around the buy rounds. Having Walker... Probably Brandon Smith and Suley's probably too many players and too much money for one team, especially with such an early buy. And then having Hastings just demanding the ball, he'll have a heap of kick meters. His base is really good. I think he's just a little bit more steady than Sam Walker will be. And then you get that extra game up until round eight and then probably look to move Hastings on from there. And you, Corby, have you looked at either of these two? Yeah, I've never really been on the Sammy Walker train. I love watching him play. More the Hastings, and it's just... I know that there's talk that he might lose the goal-kicking, but you only have to wait a few rounds and Ponga might be injured again because he's had a really bad run lately. I'll just think back to when Hastings got given the keys to the halves at the Tigers and you know had that ridiculous amount of touches each set and doing all the kicking. Ponga 
isn't really known to be a half, let alone a, a kicking half. Uh, I think his strong game is he's running and ball playing. So Hastings could be racking up those touches again and just you know clocking up there. He seems to have more value, and it's probably more realistic that he's going to make the points um, that we're sort of after with that value half. So if I was going to, I don't have either in my team at the moment, but Hastings is that one that has come in and out quite a bit. Walker hasn't even got a, um, a walk-in start. For, or he hasn't even yeah, got a start in my team this year yet. Yeah, I think the same with me. I still haven't picked either of these two. Um, but I think, as you boy says, that dominant half with Hastings, I, I think he's probably the one to go in this case. Uh, Dan Brian, is there three dogs too much to have um, given their late buy? Looking at Perham, TPJ, and also Burton. Um, I know some of the Cowboys ride with that late buy. Um, have you been looking at any of these dogs players? Going to get a few in your team? Currently just got Perham in my team at the moment, considering I'm going with Hines and Hastings as my starting halves with Boyd on the bench as cover. With Perham, you're probably going to look to trade him out before their buy in round 11, providing he has sort of made his cash and peaked. With TPJ and Burton you're either going to be sick of riding the TPJ train by then or you're going to be loving life. So you're going to be holding him. Burton's a season-long keeper, so I don't see a problem starting the season with it because you're probably going to have Perham out of your team by then. Yeah, agree. Shorty, any of these three you looked into? Uh, mainly Burton. I do have Burton in the halves at the moment and I'm never touching TPJ again. He's black, He's blacklisted. Um, and then Perham is a good cheap option, but I just have some concerns. If they can't start strong, you might see Avarillo or even Braden Burns playing fullback come round four or five if things don't start strongly. And I just think he'll be a little bit hard to move if things don't go my way. Same as you there, Corby. Yeah, mate. Agreeing all above. Uh, Hayes, looking forward to seeing him in the All-Stars. He's probably going to get my player cam for the first little part of the game. Really looking at him and Hopgood. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to seeing how Hayes plays, given lack of you know winger fullback options and a lot of risky ones, and not too many guns at position. So, it'd be great to see him go around. Uh, TK's on here. Any thoughts on running a gun center like Stags? And welcome aboard, short. Roll, you um, had a look at any gun centers? Um, someone like Stags at all? Not at the moment, Jakey. I just I've always not liked starting the season spending a heap. money in the centres. Just be looked to go to find cheap options from better teams such as Isaac Thompson this year, Remus Smith. Can't believe I'm considering the hammer given what I just said. Um, so Ali, once he gets his um, duel, he's probably the only one I would consider touching just with that upside and that Roosters back line at the moment. Um, like the boys have talked about with Manu playing that roving role and then there's be plenty of tries scored down that side and a lot of us are tipping the Roosters to finish in the top couple, if not win the Premiership this year. So a lot of attacking upside there for Swali'i. Yeah, I think I'm pretty similar to you going with that two cheaper winger fullback. Ah, sorry, centre strategy. Um, the only one I was really considering was Bird as a keeper in the centres. Um, and obviously with that round one buy, it makes him hard to pick up. So probably sticking away from Bird at the, this stage. But I think he's probably going to be one of the best centres out there. Um, the only one on my list, are maybe Campbell Graham, um, if you wanted to go a gun. He's very expensive, but he's very consistent, and he's probably going to average those low 40s. Um, but given the lack of centres that are not playing centre, 
um, in fantasy this year. I think Graham's going to be up there as one of your you know, top three, top four um, that you can just slot in from the start of the season. Um, and he's also going to play that first by um, really late um, schedule. So um, he's maybe one you could just slot in there. Um, but I'd, I'd definitely recommend those two um, cheaper center strategies. What about you, Shawnee, going that way? No, I'm actually thinking about going the opposite, not necessarily starting with someone like Manu or Bird, but I think Suli could be 45, 46 points this year. Having him from the get-go and saving a few trades in that position where I see him just go sideways most years and then having probably in the centres and then a 230 or 250 guy. Really strong without someone like you and Aitken who might play in the back row. Awesome. What about you, Corby? Any what centers are you running this year? Uh, I've got Holmes and Thompson there starting at the moment. So Holmes, I guess, would be my big gun. I just see their draw. Like you go through this draw, it's ridiculous. And the Cowboys are a pretty red hot side. They haven't. Has there much changed? I don't think they've lost any. They've gained a couple of good, probably depth players. Um, oh, Lay Lua, you'd like to have him back there and obviously uh, Lukey, he'll be back in about four weeks but they go Raiders, Broncos, Warriors, Titans, Dogs, Dolphins, Warriors, Knights then they have Sharks and Roosters but yeah, their first nine rounds are unreal he's a goal kicker, he has that roaming um, role in the team the, the only other two, I, I don't mind the stag shout especially um, NRL Physio who's been red hot with his Patreon and all his content that he's been bringing out. So get over and have a look at him. He's been really good. But he's been saying a little bit of stuff about Staggs carrying a lot of injuries. I think Staggs came out to sort of start the conversation, was playing through a lot of injuries last year or a good injury last year. He plays the Titans on Sunday, I think. And he's, I'm hoping he's up against Shoop, who's a quite a good defensive center, just to see how he's looking. Because if he passes that eye test, he could be one that, could um, take because he's got a bit more um, value in him, I guess. And the other one, Sua Ali, struggled to get that out. He's playing against Storm, so I'm hoping he's against Olam there. And also, you would think they're going to have their game plan, so we might get a look if he does get to do that roaming or if he's just going to stay put on the left edge. I know that they've got a lot of, um, you know, they haven't got their big guns in there, but you would still think if he starts roaming about, that gives you a bit of an idea that he, he might sort of have a, a bit of an opportunity like Manu to go um, yeah looking for the ball, getting in sort of around those forwards there, Lodgy and who else have they got in there? A couple of offloaders. Um, yeah, that could be dangerous. He's, he's a weapon. He's a specimen, that dude. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. One of his teammates as well, um, Real Wands, looking to look at Suli or Teddy. He's the other option there at winger fullback. What are your thoughts on Teddy? Um, probably one of those only winger fullback keepers that you can bank on. Um, I know he's got a really good draw at the start of this year. Um, he does have the tendency to start slow, but given his draw, that might he might sneak a few tries in and get off to a flyer. Have you looked at Teddy at all there, Riley? Not really, Jakey, considering I'm trying to go cheap in the wing fullback since I have gone so, thrown so much cash in my mids and halves. Teddy is like you said, he has traditionally started very slow and then sort of warmed into the season around origin at the back end for the run home. So I think he's one I'm probably going to let go through the keeper to start with and then tar- 
target um, after game three. Shawnee, you looked at Teddy at all? Looks like we lost him again. Internet's playing up Corby. Teddy at all? Nah, just there's not enough value there. It's similar to your Shawnee Lane. Like they're good players and they're on your target list to hit at the end, but he's probably more that draft person that you're after. Like, especially you touched on it, Riley, the wing fullback. It's a couple up the top and then just absolute daylight and then scrounging around to find your, your Charles Nickel Clockstad, your Sloan, your Perham. So, yeah, draft. I think he he's a bit of a smoky that probably not as not talked about as much. But no, nah, in classic, I think he he must add a bit more value last year, and and still hurt me. I started with him last year, but I don't think I've really been too high on him this year to uh, to start with. Yeah, those roosters got up to a bit of bad start last year. Um, I know three or four years ago. Teddy was always that player you'd start with every single year. I think Robertson has sort of changed that, the way they play around in the last few years, just really timing their run towards the end of the year. Um, but yeah, I'd, if you want a gun wing a fullback, I think I'd get him. But obviously, yeah, those are probably cheaper options, value players in that you know, wing a fullback that fluctuates points a fair bit. So probably sticking away for me as well. Um, Bowie Connor, Kalen Ponga. Um, we've obviously talked about him before, but has anyone considered Cameron Munster at all? I know he's a bit of a pod. Um, he's got a very good track record of being a gun pretty much every year. Um, does play Origin, but what are your thoughts on that, Riley? It's not even a comparison, Snakey. Um, definitely Cameron Munster over Ponga. I just don't see the value in him at the start of the year, considering, I suppose, him being in a little bit of rehab and building his strength back. Um, up since that injury, he was uh, battling at the end of last year and through pre-season. So I think he's one to save for the run home and to not start with because he probably is five or so points behind Cleary and Hines. So over um, 10 weeks, that adds up to 50 points you're behind overall. So I would sort of, he's one to target after Origin, I'd say again. Have you looked at, uh, well, I think Shawnee is, you're back Shawnee? Maybe he isn't. <laughs> cool. Have you looked at Munster at all, mate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I... Go, Shawnee, get into it. His <laughs> internet's as good as Andy's. Thanks, nah, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> Go on, Cubs. Finish her off. Uh, yeah, Munster. I've had a bit of a look at him. That news the other day that he's still. Um, managing, he didn't feel like he had a, a heap of power. wasn't <laughs> didn't give you a lot of confidence. But if if Pappy, I I just can't see Pappy coming back before round ten, and then with his injury, I just don't know if he's going to have any real impact. I I can't even see him playing a full game for the first rounds. He'll play that off the bench, probably similar to last year. And then by the end of the year, I just don't know if he's even going to work up enough footy to with his injury. That's if he even gets to the end of the year. He could, he could he might come back around 20. So, but in saying that, that's what gets me half excited about Munster because we saw what happened when he got to play that hybrid role. I don't think it matters whether he get – it does. If he got put in six, we get the duel. But I don't think it matters oh, – sorry, for one, he gets the duel – 
if he plays six or one because he just sort of gets heaps more ball and then, yeah, every now and then he'll go back for the kick return and he'll get a couple of his crab runs. He's really good at bumping off and getting a couple of tackle breaks. Um, I think Meany's maybe edged him for the goal kicking, but, um, yeah, he he excites me. He could be – I'm not going to start with him because he's way too risky, but he is quite exciting. If he came out and blitzed it and playing in that hybrid role, he could be one if you – you know, got a good bit of coin, set at rounds four or five. So I'd check their draw. I'm not sure how their draw looks. They had an early buy, didn't they? Yeah, pretty early buy. Round nine though. or something? Oh, uh, round nine. Round nine. Yeah, geez. If, if you wanted to, if you got big balls, and I, I can't see Pappy coming back before that buy. Yeah. So that could be good. Eels, Dogs, Titans, Tigers. He usually plays better against the better teams, though. So, yeah, I'll do you, probably. Do you think he loses any of those them. kick meters at all with that groin injury? Do you reckon any of those kick meters um, go away at all? Yeah, that's pr- probably like that. That'd have to affect his overall game if it's if you're saying he's not getting a lot of power. That'd probably that would take his goal kicking out. Um, you wouldn't want to risk it for the goal kicking. That can cause a little bit more stress on the on the joints around the hips and legs and everything else. And then even just in-game kicking, Jerome Hughes, he's got a good kicking game, so they'll just fall a bit more on him. Harry Grant's got an unreal kicking game too, so they can always just fall back on him as well. So now I think I'm talking myself out of him as well, but yeah, <laughs> neither, neither, of them, neither of them have been in my team. But Munster, just when you're, you're hearing that news about Pappy, I was like, oh, if he plays that hybrid role, he could be unreal. Maybe more a draft you could go a bit risky on him, maybe a, a second round pick, or if you're sort of later in the in the rounds, put a little few more points on his value because he could go ballistic. Yeah, absolutely. Right, boys, we'll finish off with one last one. Uh, quick fire here: Tohu, t- uh, tap, uh, Tarpane, um for a combo together. What are your thoughts on this, Riley? Yeah, I really like it, Jakey. Just providing Tohu is getting a bigment role at the Warriors, their second year off ACL. So statistically uh, proven by NRL physio, uh, second year back will be an uptick in um, PPM. So really do like it. Maybe just watch him in the second trial, probably play that. Oh, he definitely will play that, sorry, um, since the Warriors played tonight. Watch his PPM there and, um, yeah, make a decision based off that and Teamless Tuesday. But, yeah, probably a really good one to consider. Yeah, I like it too. Tohu, you know, obviously second year off uh, doing his ACL and there's a lot of players with that track history of second year coming back from ACL. They'd perform a lot better. Um, he looked very slow last year, but I think this year with another preseason under his belt, that knee's getting a bit stronger. And yeah, watch him in the trial, see how he goes. I, I think he'll be a good player, Tohu, this year. And same as Tarpane, he, he looked brilliant at the end of last year, so not going to be playing Origin. Um, leader of that forward pack now is probably going to be playing close to that 50-minute mark, and he's got a really good PPM, so I really like him as well. Thoughts on those two, Corby? Yeah, well, he, in 2020, he had a 60 average, and, well, he's priced at 687, so there's value if he can get back to his best. And if he's captain, you'd think that he's going to get a little bit more time on the field. Uh, yeah, I, I like Brad Tarpany, as you guys have said, I think everyone's just realising how good Tarpany is and he's going to be in a lot of teams. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys, good show. Riley, thanks for jumping on, mate, answering a few questions. Um, I'll probably jump back on again next week. 
yeah, good to be back, Jakey. Look forward to the year and, yeah, watching a bit more footy over the weekend. Uh, Sean, he's lost his internet again, it looks like. So we'll try to get that fixed up for next week. But uh, thanks again, Corby. Thanks for jumping on. Thanks for making it. Thanks, boys. It was good. Uh, one last thing too, Talking League textbooks uh, out as well. So go buy that whenever you want. A lot of the boys here at Talking League have put a lot of effort into it and there's a lot of good analysis in there. So, And at the moment, 50% as well uh, is going to um, Bowel Cancer Australia. So jump on that. It's going towards a good cause um, and you'll get a lot of out of it. So thanks, boys. Um, we'll see you all in the next show.